Hello, everyone. My name is Greg, and welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. In this podcast, I interview people who work for resorts, hotels, cruise ships, and airlines, and we'll talk about their first season in the travel and tourism industry. My guest today and I worked together in Club Med Lindemann Island, Australia in 2000-2001. His first season was in Umea, New Caledonia in 1999, and he'll tell us all about that. Ladies and everyone, my friend, uh, Casper, Mr. Luke Murphy. How are you, sir? Hey, Greg, mate. I'm great. How are you? Uh, true or false? Are you drinking? a VB right now. I will neither confirm nor deny on that. Okay. <laughs> well, bless your heart if you are, sir, because I miss that beer and Australia. <laughs> it's a beautiful country at the moment. It's, I can tell you during the pandemic, it is benefit being on an island nation. Yeah. No, I, well, it was always, always a perfect country to me anyway. So uh, yeah, I guess, well, you know, suffice to say, I wish I was there now. <laughs> Drinking yeah. a VB with you or not. You know, I know you can't confirm or deny that, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I am. <laughs> okay. ah, thank you. Legend. All right. So uh, I think you know how this works. I'd like you to take me back in time to where you were living. What were you doing? How did you find out about Club Med in general? Um, well, my Club Med is, is kind of not normal. Um, when I was when I was a teenager and growing up, I was actually a high level gymnast competing for um at a high level within Australia in gymnastics. And I retired from gymnastics and someone in the circus industry heard about it and said, hey, do you want to join the circus? And me being young said, okay. So I was living in Newcastle or a place called Maitland. It's near Newcastle in uh, New South Wales in Sydney, uh, in just two hours north of Sydney. And um, yeah, so I auditioned, got in and I uh, moved to Melbourne where this, uh, this program, which was taking place and it was actually run in conjunction with uh, a company out of your neck of the woods, Cirque du Soleil. So I spent a while in Melbourne, uh, getting trained by Cirque du Soleil, a few other um, professional instructors there. And one of the guys I met down there used to be a circus geo for Club Med. And that's how I got exposed to the concept of being a circus geo. Okay. So how did, um, so how did you, so did you right away apply to? Well, I, well, the, uh, so I, I got experience from this guy down there and it's always in the back of my head and my uh, tour of um, the job in Melbourne finished up and I went back up to Sydney and I was getting a bit antsy and I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll apply for Club Med. This sounds interesting. And um, I sent my application in on a Friday. The following Wednesday, so that was five days later, I was on a plane to Bali to do my tr my initial training as a circus geo over in, in uh, the Club Med Bali. This was still in 1999? This is 1999. So I literally had five days from posting the uh, application in to being on a plane. And in that time, we had the interview. I had to get a passport rush and have my farewell party as I went to uh, Bali to do my um, a month-long um, training at, at how to be a circus geo. So you only applied the one time? I only applied once so and it was five days. Five day turnaround. So you're aware of there are many geos that have had to apply like 30 times, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you just oh, once boom in party Bali. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was, lit it was literally a oh yeah, see what happens. And I was, I I guess maybe that's because I applied for a circus geo, and I guess that's not really um, a high demand occupation. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say it's very specialized. You, know, you need specialized training. Uh, so, did the guy that you met in Melbourne did he tell you what to expect? Like, for did he tell you like, well, you got to work, you know, seven days a week? Uh, oh no, no, he he told me all the all the. I looked, he showed me all the party pictures um, and all the lifestyle, and I'd learned very quickly that it is a seven day a week, nonstop, always on kind 
find a job. But that being said, it was a load of fun. So prior to working at Club Med, had you ever gone to a Club Med, Club Med on vacation or any resort? I'd heard about it, but, no, but I'd never, ever been to one. I was actually on the flight to Bali. I was actually reading the pamphlet, like, what's a GO? What's a GM? Uh, am I a GM or am I a GO? And then I realized, okay, GO, what does GO stand for? So I was actually learning about the company as I'm flying out. Well, you, knew you, you, you knew you had one in your country, right? No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> I did, <laughs> how, I how, did how, not. How far is Newcastle from uh, from Hamilton? <laughs> it's not, is from it Hamilton, I, it's a plane fly. It's probably about four hours by oh, plane. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's, it's, Australia is a big country. <laughs> no, no, I know. Hey, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, you know, if, but in Canada, like we know, we would know if we had a club men in Canada, we only just got one recently. So I was just curious if you knew. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like, I was so uninformed. Uh, I didn't even know what I'd be doing going in there. I said, oh, circus, flying trapeze, I want to do flying trapeze. And that's, that's, that was my motivation. I was 20 years old and wide-eyed and naive and best decision I ever made. So were you in Bali when you found out you were going to your first season in Nomea? Yeah, so I was in uh, Bali and we did our basic basic training in inverted commas on what we needed to do to um, what, the, what your job was being. Um, so we were taught how to actually run the board, pull the lines, uh, actually do some flying ourselves and also the catching because... The main job is pulling lines, uh, working the board and doing the catching. Um, and then in your own time, you, you get your own skills so you can do the flying trapeze show yourselves. So we learned the basics, the basic tricks and the basics of working. And I was there for about three weeks, nonstop, loved every second of it. And I got told, okay, you're going to New Caledonia. And I'm like, okay, when? And like a uh, day after tomorrow. And they say, we'll fly back to Sydney. You'll spend three days in Sydney and then off to New Caledonia. I'm like, yep, no worries. Let's go back to pulling the lines for a sec. So you're referring to the noodle, right? The uh, the, <laughs> the actual safety That's lines. That's what I was told. Well, well, no, the thing that you, I was told, because I had to do this <laughs> in, uh, in, in Bintan, one of my guys got sick. So the thing that, you know, you pull the lines is that long thing. Is it not called a noodle? Because that's what they told me it was called. The, the thing with the hook where you retrieve oh, yeah, the, the... Yes, yes, the noodle, yes. Okay, yes, so how, how yeah. were you at that your first time? Did you follow the Oh, net? yeah. Oh. <laughs> No, but I remember there when I was working, when I was training in Bali, there was a uh, a individual who decided because what you did is you pulled it, the bar up and they grabbed hold of it. And even though he'd watched about twenty people go in front of him and everyone understood, just watch the person in front of you. You do what we tell you to do. As I'm holding him onto him and I'm grabbing the uh, the the new the hook to bring up the uh, the bar, he's just launched himself off the um, the board. And, and the bar was only around his ankle. So he was diving down for it and it was still hooked on. So as he's grabbed hold of it, this the hook's unhooked and stretched and it's flung up and it's got me square in the face as he's gone off and he's peeled off and he's gone into the net and he's just giggling his little head off as I'm there with blood coming down my face. <laughs> so wait, he, good. Dove, he dove and missed the bar or he grabbed? Oh, he, 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 do- he dove, he grabbed hold the bar, but because okay. he's, when he took off, his head was down, his feet were up, his feet caught up and he just whiplashed down the bottom and um, he peeled off into the net. Luckily, uh, the guys and lines were really good at their job and they made sure that he didn't um, have serious injury because this <laughs> this was not a very um, sensible maneuver. And, uh, 
and I just and I just remember this, I called one of the other guys up to replace me in the bar and I slid down the pole to get down and I start subconsciously walking towards this guy and one of the other guys calls me and goes, let's go get that eye checked out. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, as for the other guy, yeah, lucky he had good guys on the lines because a lot of people, if you've never done circus, you think that net looks like a big comfy hammock. Oh, but but oh. if you go into it the wrong way at speed, it's kind of like shark skin if you rub it the wrong way, right? It's Yeah, can... it's it's coarse rope. Yeah. I have a picture of me with rope band across my face. <laughs> It is, it is not a happy experience. You have a bad day when that happens. Yeah, so. it stays with you for a while. <laughs> yeah, so... Okay, so you get sent to New Caledonia. Is there anyone to greet you at the airport? Do you remember the first geo you saw there? I arrived there at, oh, it was it was probably, I got there early in the morning and we just had the normal, the geo in charge of uh, transport, the, the, the arrivals and departures. She was there. She wasn't there very long after she got replaced shortly after um, I arrived. It was just part, it was part of the uh, seasonal changeover. But when I got there, I got introduced to my chief of sports, who is probably known by many of your listeners as Andreas Marta. Hi, Andreas. And um, he was my chief of sport. And um, yeah, so he was he was a great character and a great good uh, chief of sports. Um, on par with yourself, actually. So. Okay, good, because I was getting a little jealous there for a second. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> Even if you don't mean it, thank you. <laughs> Uh, who was the chief of village there? Do you recall? Uh, yes, he's actually passed, unfortunately. Um, Gerard, I've forgotten his name, but yeah, he was a uh, older gentleman. He, he had a lovely wife and, and a daughter. Honestly, I've, I've, I'm quite embarrassed that the name is passed. But well, I'll, I'll... well, it is like 22 years ago, right? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I. Uh... Because of Australia and the VB, I, I lost a lot of brain cells too. So I, uh, there's parts of 2008 I don't even remember, you know. Like, <laughs> so let alone something that happened in '99. Uh, I knew yeah. where, I knew what village I was in '99. I don't, I don't remember the whole season of Martinique. That's for sure. <laughs> Did you do you experience any kind of culture shock like when you first arrived to Bali or Noumea? Like, uh... oh, absolutely. This was Bali was the first time I ever lost left Australia. This was a first for a lot of things. I was the first working overseas in a, in a uh, I wouldn't really call working in a circus a real job, but this was a real job. My first real job, first trip overseas, um, first time just away and, and experiencing the world. It was a lot of firsts. And I, to be honest, I'm glad I did it through Club Med. Uh, when you, so what um, what month, do you recall what, what month you arrived in Nomea around? It was April. It was in April. April. And, okay. uh, Were you there for Christmas? I was not there for Christmas. Had, oh, well, we all know Nomea is a big uh, windsurfing village. Did you learn a new skill while you were there, like windsurfing? Uh, I tried. I failed. I tried again. <laughs> I failed again. I learned my lesson that that two, two's fine. <laughs> I okay. did uh, learn learn uh, rock. Yeah, the because in Nomea they had a uh, rock climbing wall, oh, and we do. were ran, we ran that rock climbing rock wall. The circus team and I learned how to rock climb properly like without so you, so you didn't get the dead arms or the the tight arms afterwards but it was a um yeah like that um went snorkeling and and scuba diving once or twice with because the skirt numia diving was operated outside of the club med out of the club med as well so hung out with them um yeah and it, yeah it was pretty much very much a very so wait, very worth the circus geos had two jobs you had to do your, the circus job and the rock climbing wall job yeah, yeah, because the because we had that we had normally there's only four geos in a circus team. However, because we had the rock climbing wall, we had five in our team. So there was there was Jez, uh, Lucas, Ace, myself, and Heidi. 
where the uh, will the team during that period. Jazz, my jazz. Your jazz, yes. Oh, I worked with jazz. Nice. Uh, Uncle Jimbo and I worked together before Lindemann Island. So, oh, oh, Uncle Jimbo, did he get a new nickname while I was away? Ah, uh, no. We we always called. Okay. So. <laughs> so I remember Jez, I, uh, my first, well, we'll get to Lindemann later, but my first party in Lindemann, when I got there, I reached for a Foster's and he ripped it out of my hand. And he went, no, mate, here. And he put a VB in my hand and that, that cemented the legacy of VB for me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you, nah, no one drinks, no yeah. one drinks Foster's. Though, that being said, the uh, exported, from what I've been told, the exported version of VB is actually a, a decent beer. Whereas the one that's the domestic VB in Australia is, mate, it's use it to degrease engines. That's about it. Well, export, uh, I can't wait till they start exporting to North America. So far, you can't get it anywhere in Canada. I know. Or US. I, I've literally Googled how to send you beer. <laughs> I know. It's rough. It's actually quite complicated. <laughs> I know. I, my, my, you know, and I work at Concordia University in Montreal and my, and my the Dean of Engineering, who I just met because he just arrived, he said, well, I'm going to Australia to do a research. And I'm like, I know you just met me in don't know me. I work for you. Can you bring me back some VB? And he's like, what's that? You know, so, but they actually confiscated it from him <laughs> in, uh, in the airport, even though I told them to put it in his luggage because I said, because of the liquid thing, you know, this was just two years ago. <laughs> so that was the last time I had a chance to get it. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, those uh, TSA agents uh, had a party and were drinking at Gun Hall. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> No doubt. So getting back to your first season, did um, did you so did you know you had to participate in the shows? I learned that when I got to Bali and being from actually working at circus, it didn't bother me. And I actually enjoyed it. Um, so when I got to uh, Numea, uh, one of the first things I was introduced to was the rest of um, the sports team. And um, and that. And then they uh, literally that night they were having a, a show that I was asked to participate in. Um, is this is this your uh, funny story that I was going to ask you about? I'm told you yes. have a funny. Uh, it, this season. is this this is my first night in New Caledonia story. <laughs> first night, okay. I love first, first night. night. So I, when I arrived, um, got settled in, met Andreas, uh, met the team, met uh, Ace and the rest of the, the team, uh, the circus team, and then Andreas um, said, "Oh, I need you to drop your stuff off and and." We got, uh, you can help us with a performance we've got tonight. I'm like, yeah, no, I can do it. No worries. Anyway, what it ended up was is that they were doing a lip sync act. And those of you who've been to Clubman know about the lip sync show. Um, So this act they were doing was um, the song My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Now, how the issue was the entire Guy, the entire cast who were doing this were all guys. I was Celine Dion. I sure was <laughs> being being from Montreal and speaking for all Quebecers. Yeah, the, I could see you as Celine Dion. Sure, sure, why not? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm there lip syncing with the big arm gestures. My heart will go on. And in front of me, we had two of the other guys pretending to be um, uh, Jack and the Kate Winslet character. We're trying to stay on. We're pantomiming that they are swimming and, and going and staying on the door that's floating there. So I'm in this ball gown, long, big blonde wig and gloves up to the elbow. They're dressed up as Jack and whatever her name is. Now I'm thinking, okay, cool. We've, we rehearsed this on the stage did a few times. Cool, cool, cool. And then Andreas goes, oh yeah, we're doing it at a, an outside venue because Club Medumia, the Chateau Royale, had um, like this, I'm not sure if it was publicity, a publicity kind of strategy or whatever. They actually occasionally did shows outside of um, the Club Med. So this was one of the shows. So I'm like, okay, no worries. I don't mind dressing in drag and, and going out and, and doing 
this. It's my job. I enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun. So we go to this um, nightclub in the Ansafada in Numia, and it's called Star, Star Truck. Um, I actually Googled it last night. It no longer exists, unfortunately. So we're backstage. Uh, we get into our drag outfit and we get up on stage and we start lip syncing. My heart will go on. They're doing the big pantomime thing at the front as i'm up there lip singing and i'm looking at the crowd it's 95 percent male this is when i realized that i'm dressed as drag in drag lip syncing my heart will go on at the local gay bar nice on my first night in new caledonia <laughs> oh well no but hey man what a story now right i mean that, that just makes the story better <laughs> after after we um after we finished and i was walking through uh the crowd to go we had to walk through the crowd to get back to where our dressing room was i had my butt pinched five times and on the, the fifth time i took off my wig and i had a fully shaped head and i said please don't touch and he's gone oh you're so butch and <laughs> well, I just well in, your, in your defense or my you know i had to watch you wear tights for a year in lindemann and you do have a nice butt so i'm really sorry <laughs> but you know well, I, I used to yes yeah but so I, I just i, 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 I understand I, I just had to laugh. I just had to laugh <laughs> as, I, as, as I walked back to the dressing room and I'm like, ah, oh. so that was my first night in New Caledonia. Wow. That is some story. Okay. <laughs> that beats my first time in Club Med story. So <laughs> very nice. Um, okay. So having, uh, so were you, so then were you, this leads me up to my next question. Were you an introvert and extrovert before Club Med? Because did you know that you would have to eat meals with guests three times a day? Did that freak you out a bit? Were you I shy? I had no idea. I had no idea until okay. I get to Bali. No so were you, idea were you shy at first? Uh, growing up, I was shy, but as I said, I was a gymnast at a high level. I was actually got used to performing in front of thousands of people um, when competing. So my shyness got drilled out of me very quickly. Okay. But um, yeah, no, I had no problem with talking with random people in random languages, like learning phrases from people. What was Cause, the, cause, I was going to ask you, yeah, what was the clientele like? Like, was it mostly uh, Aussies, Kiwis, uh, uh, Asian uh, GMs? In Yumea, it was, unfortunately, I say this unfortunately because it, it just didn't expose me to as many languages as what I'd like to. Yumea was mostly Australian, New Zealand with the occasional French expat. And, and that's, this is because it's a little bit disappointing because I came from Bali where I had to learn my job in about six or seven different languages. And it was constantly like, okay, you're Korean. So I have to, I had no idea what I'm saying, but I just actually say it in, well, I had a very basic grasp of what my job, how to do my job in seven different languages. And I was like, excited to learn all these new skills and all these new swear words and the but then going to Numia, uh, even though the locals were speaking french and kanak majority of the clientele was speaking english which which leads to another funny story when on one of the few days that i had off i was walking through Numia and there was a group of new zealanders high school students and they were making comments about me and my as aforementioned buck and they were speaking in english and i turned to them and i said be careful most people here even though they speak french can actually speak english and they just went red as a beetroot well you know like captain america has america's ass you certainly had australia's ass i'll say that okay that's all we'll say on the subject but okay now I've got two of them, so it's... <laughs> crazy but, um, signs. Let's segue into crazy signs. Did you like them? I loved them. You did? What, you have a top three? You have a top three favorite? Oh, my goodness. I think my favorite one of all time was Muevolo. Okay, yeah. 
that comes up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're just they're just you get get heart pumping. Um, uh, tequila boom boom oh, really? was okay. <laughs> was number two, and and you can't make a list without saying hands are but um i think every geo has their own lyrics to that that crazy sign song got it understood okay <laughs> no need to go on there <laughs> yeah all right uh, with the, besides the chief of sport you mentioned and the uh the manager were there any other like employees fellow geos that stood out for you and made a good impression on you oh the, the entire sports team in yumea were fantastic um crystal she is um she was the sailing geo or windsurfing geo, actually. Um, she actually is here in, in Sydney still. Um, she moved to Australia. She was French. And just the uh, the team I was with, Jez, Lucas, Ace, who actually was living around the corner, about a five-minute drive from my house for so many years without me realizing it. Who was, your, uh, uh, who was the head of circus what, when you were there? That, that was uh, Ace. Ace, uh, okay. He, he, was, uh, he was the head, the chef de cirque. Yeah, he was a, uh, a muscle-bound individual, very okay. solid. <laughs> more solid than I am. Oh yeah. Well, you use uh, all you do is use your body in circus, right? You're yeah. Lifting or pulling something, I, I can tell you. Sure. Did you? And uh, yeah. Sorry. Go sorry. ahead. No. Go ahead. And then the other the other one was um, his name was Brent, but he got he got his nickname the same time I got my nickname, so he was referred to as Doogie. Wait, hold up. Uh, so is this uh, was Numea where you got your nickname? Yes, Numea. Actually, uh, Andreas gave me my name. Um, oh, he because, did. Yeah, because I uh, worked in Bali for a month with my shirt off all day, every day in the sun, and I was still white as a ghost. <laughs> so naturally, they called you Casper. Yes. Casper. So okay. that. <laughs> so that's where I got the n- nickname Casper, and at the same time, uh, Brent he was a doppelganger for Doogie Hauser. <laughs> so he got his nickname Doogie, and. Andreas actually presented us with official Club Med batches with our nicknames on it. Oh, so man. by the end of the season, I think only about three people remembered my my real name. Everyone just referred to me as Casper. And then when and when I went to Lindeman Island, I think only about I think the one or two people, even less, of the entire village, the entire time actually knew my real name, <laughs> which kind of came in handy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you were in, so were you still in Numea when you, so did you have like a dream sheet back then? Did they ask you where you wanted to go after your first season and you had to choose three villages? Well, I actually took a, um, I had a bit of a, a need to come back to Sydney for a, um, a personal matter. So I actually left after one season, but I took five months out to sort um, a few things out. And then I said, Hey, I'm available again where do you where do you need me and the lady you're available and i'm like i'm a i can fly out this afternoon if you need me and like can you fly out tomorrow and i'm like sure and there's like because we've got a position opening up in lindeman island and i'm like yep no worries and they sent me um they said can you come in and pick up the tickets this afternoon and yeah it was just literally a 24-hour town around me ringing up i was on the plane to lindeman island what uh what month did you arrive in lindeman i think it was were you there before me or after me? I was there before. I was there before you. Okay, I think I arrived around April or something. Yeah, uh, I I got there about March because I had a month with okay. uh, I think Philippe was his, yes, his name. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Was, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So Lindemann. Yeah, is where where we met, and uh, probably the greatest time I ever had. But I, I recall you telling me a story because I. I arrived just ahead of the uh, Sydney Olympics in 2000. And I, I think um, if I'm remembering this correctly, you said you actually had a chance to be in the opening ceremony, but it would have oh, required yeah. so much. Can you, can you talk about that? Oh uh, yeah. I, um, before I went to uh, Numea, I auditioned to get into the opening ceremony of the Olympics and they said, yep, 
we, we need you. Um, can you do it? And then I got the offer for Club Med and I'm like, actually, I'm going to go to Club Med instead. And then when the Sydney Olympics came around, because it was like a couple of days of auditioning and going through to make sure, because they had a whole heap of circus stuff going on in the uh, opening ceremony. And they said, oh, well, um, I said, love to. However, I'm kind of flying out of the country. And then went to um, Lyndon Island and I were like, I said, I'd like to respectfully decline the offer. So how long was would the training have been? I, I think you said it would have been a long time, right? To train. Yeah, it would have been it's a long time. A lot of investment was needed. Um, a lot of a couple of yeah. months, right? Yeah, it was constantly, constantly going because you had to. You're on the world stage. You had one chance to do this prop, and it had to be perfect. So there was months and months of training and rehearsals, and then more training and rehearsals. And um, yeah, I was watching it, and I'm like, I remember having to do that in the audition. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Any regrets so, about not doing it now or no? Or you're okay with the... Uh... I think the only real regret that I had, well, not really regret, it's just an opportunity that I wish I had the opportunity to take again was when I was uh, in Numia, I was actually asked to audition for Cirque du Soleil because they were coming to Australia for the second time with one of their shows. And I passed up on that opportunity. And I'm like, ah, is the old, I wonder what would sliding doors moment. I wonder what happened if that happened sure. because I, I had other friends who had, who had auditioned and they got in and they, they had a great time. I'm like, but I don't no regrets. It's just a wonder what would have happened if well we had a blast in london then i can tell you i know i did okay i hope you uh, did too <laughs> yeah i had i had well i met my wife there so yeah well it was a great i mean what a team you know like i said i uh can't speak highly enough of uh, lindemann probably the most oh, fun was, best time best team i it ever was had great team great atmosphere great uh chief of sports oh thank you and, okay <laughs> cdv was okay as well <laughs> rest in peace yeah yeah there's another one yeah yeah no I whew, yeah I, I didn't even and when I took my vacation I had a, I took the Oz Pass they had the Oz Pass so I had to choose three destinations so uh, even then it was probably the best vacation I ever had you know I went to Sydney Ayers Rock and the Gold Coast so I mean it's, there's too much to see in Australia you need months to see it but I had to choose three three destinations but you need a lifetime to see it all it's it's a massive country and, every, and everything will kill you so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember uh, you and uh, other couple of people when I got there kept saying, "Okay, Greg, I, I won't, I won't do the Aussie accent. I can't do it anymore." Greg, it rained last night. Whatever you do, don't lick the toads. Don't lick the cane toads. I said, "What are you talking about?" They, look, they secrete a toxin. Don't lick the. I said, "It never would have occurred to me to lick one. Now I want to lick one." So, is this really a thing? Like, yes, uh, do you really yes. have to tell people not to do this. <laughs> Because you know, an Aussie would have licked it. Just go, like, oh, really? yeah, I wonder what. <laughs> have There's a reason ever, why. Have you ever no, done I, it? Because <laughs> yeah, I've listened to other Aussies say, don't lick the toes. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Obviously, someone's getting up and they're like, okay, well, that's it's kind of trippy, but yeah, it's toad licking. But um, okay, so I'm you not, don't have to confirm if you've done it, but you've known, so you've known people that have done it. Then. Yes, I know of people who have done oh, it. Oh, my and, God. Okay. <laughs> That's the last thing that we going through my mind, you know, but people are always telling me stuff that it never would occur to me and then want to do it. So when I was in Israel and everyone told me, I, was, I told them I'm going to the Dead Sea, you know, they're like, Greg, whatever you do, don't fart in the Dead Sea. I'm warning you. I'm like, I didn't want to do that, but now I do, you know, but sure enough, I saw a guy do it and he ran out screaming and horror grabbing his butt. You know, that's another story for another day, but yeah, don't ever do that if you're in the Dead uh, Sea okay. and don't lick but- a cane toad in Australia. Okay. <laughs> and, and something that probably they, did they tell you about the, the tiger sharks in Lindemann? Uh, no. What are you talking about? Oh, do you know that all the waters around um, Lindemann Island are infested by tiger sharks? 
So every oh. time, every time you do the jetty, every time you do the jetty jump, there's a chance you there's a tiger shark there. I thought I thought people were telling that just to mess with me because oh, I was from. Oh gosh, Canada. no, that is. Oh no, that's true. What are you talking um, about? I used to windsurf all the time from you know the uh, yeah, no, uh, Seaforth. I never saw a, t- a fin or anything. And I even oh. once went, you know, boiler alert, <laughs> uh, windsurfed at night with someone. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, under a full my, moon. <laughs> my, um, oh, man. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. This is while you were there, by the way. Okay. Um, my, my roommate, Steve, um, was in charge of the fishing trip there. And, the, and we synced our, our days off. So what we did is we would go fishing. So we jump in the, uh, the reef runner, which was the smaller of the, it was a single engine boat that was taken for the fishing trips and we'd go out we'd go fishing and the you, you remember the bigger boat which was called the uh the reef master and that's where the, snor- the snorkeling trips so we're um out there in one of the island near one of the islands and we're just fishing and we see probably about 300 meters away the reef master uh pull up and people jump out and um start swimming splashing away and and as we're fishing we see uh, we see the shadow go underneath our boat and i tend to stay steve and said is that a tiger he goes, yep, that's a tiger. And I said, is that heading towards the reef master? He goes, yep, that's heading towards the reef master. And he's got on the uh, the radio and said, uh, reef master, this is reef runner. Um, get the people out of the water. A tiger's coming. And I, I could just see in the distance as uh, the guys from the sailing shack going, all right, people, let's let's go somewhere else. As he's getting everyone out of the water, as this, this, this dark shadow um, heads towards the, uh, the snorkelers. I did not know that. I knew about the whales. I, I miss. I didn't get to see one, but I knew when I got there around April that was the migration season. But I, I didn't know about the tigers. Um, uh, but I did tell you what I what I did know about though uh, was bush chooks. And I remember uh, making a challenge to <laughs> the circus team if they could catch a bush chook and make them do a you know knee hang catch and return. I'd buy them an obscene amount of beer. Can you tell everyone what a, what a bush chook is for our listeners who don't know? The purple breasted swamp fowl. <laughs> How did, how did you just rattle that off? How did you know what it's called? Oh, because I... Is that I the real name all, of it? Yeah, the, the, the purple breasted swamp fowl. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. AKA the bush chalk. And it's now the the um, the old folk, the older folks, the well-experienced people will tell you that when, to, to, when you're cooking up a, a bush chalk to eat it... Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. They do not... No one ever said they ate them. They eat the yeah, bush... You, You've you've got to you got to fry it up and with the whole heap of rocks and some oh, um, God, and then no. what you do what you do is you throw out the chook and eat the rocks because they taste better. Uh, wait a minute, okay, all right, okay, so <laughs> no, for, no one ate okay, the okay, so for North North American listeners, a bush chook is just like a massive pigeon, really ugly pigeon, because when you're eating at that restaurant outside, I forget near the top where you guys worked, uh, there was an outdoor restaurant, right, and they yeah, would just yeah. jump on the table, crap everywhere, and I don't know what how it got in my head to issue this challenge to you guys, but. Here's the thing about Aussies. They were actually considering it and how to do it when I, when I was oh, really yeah. making a joke, but you guys are like, oh, how do, how do, how would we catch one and then strap them in? <laughs> like you had us at alcohol. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah. I guess that was my lesson. If you, if you involve alcohol in a challenge, they, they'll probably scary chance they'll succeed. Okay. Oh man. I, you made that challenge with the, uh, if you were the best in the, um, in the region every month. Yes, so. that's true. Yeah. And you guys were. Yeah, oh yeah oh yeah that's another challenge boy did that that happen okay <laughs> i don't think but i left f- australia with any money but hey totally i was gonna say you're, you're the first chief of sports to leave a village after a season in debt yes no no i i, I remember taking that bus all the time to where aaron you know the head of the yep. the pe's worked and buying out his bar of cases of ev all the time but hey worth it you know <laughs> 
yeah, if you ever want something done, just offer uh, offer Nazi some beer and hey, you'll get it done, I tell you. <laughs> great team, great team. It's great team. Oh, so much went on in Lyndon and man, so much. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that's the only place I've uh, had thrown a shot. So, so you were there for Christmas and New Year. So, yes, was yes. it a struggle your first time working Christmas and New Year's in Lindemann or or, or Club Med? And you, but it didn't matter to you. It was just eh, it's like any other day. Uh, to me, it's just another day. Okay. Uh, my, it was more of a drama for um, my mother and my my dad, my folks. But for me, it was just like uh, just another day. But this is a lot more. Santory. Well, I, I, that Christmas, so boy, does it stand out in my, in my head because that was the most heinous diabolical setup in the theater that I've ever done on any Christmas that, you know, that nativity scene setup with yes, brown crepe paper. It still yeah. haunts me. <laughs> I can't even watch uh, that video anymore. That part. Of the video. There is a video of that somewhere. Yeah, I know it's on. I, I watch it every, every year around Christmas, but I fast forward through that part. Cause it just uh, brings me right back. <laughs> Flashbacks. They're, they're rehearsing for the show. They say, Oh, that paper. Oh God, it's everywhere. And it took like three seconds to tear down, but it took all night to put up. <laughs> Yeah, oh, boy. oh man. Okay. So how long did you spend in Club Med overall? Oh, it was just over two years. Um, I did just over three seasons. So after so, Lindemann, where did you go? Actually, after I, because I met my future wife there, um, I actually left Club uh, Lindemann. They offered me um, the chief of circus in Kibera, um in Japan. And um, I decided to leave Club Med after three seasons and um, head to back to reality and i end up joining the army the australian army after that yes which leads me to another story because i saw i took a plane so and when you're in lindemann for those who don't know planes are like taxis so i i took a plane to Mackay to watch x-men the first x-men movie which came out in 2000 and of course we we bonded over that and other things but our love of wolverine and so fast forward if you can tell everyone with our love of Wolverine and X-Men, uh, what, what happened? Uh, you were still in the army and they came calling asking you if you'd like to. Yes. Um, they were looking for people who were willing to, with military training, who were willing to be extras as soldiers within X-Men Origin Wolverine. The one with the really bad version of Deadpool. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I rallied some of my uh, my my mates who are in the army and we uh, ended up pretty much filling out a, a, a dozen guys to um, play soldiers within that movie. And I was a world war one German and you see me for about half a section, half a second on the film getting blown up. <laughs> this was uh, so you filmed this, uh, I think it came out in 2009. So were you filming this in 2008 or something? Yeah. Yeah. Around that time. Okay. Yeah. So um, that was filmed here in Sydney uh, out in Camden area. So yeah. I was in the middle of a paddock somewhere. You get to see Hugh Jackman at all on set? I actually got a nice long conversation with him and um, Leo Schreiber. Oh, really? Um, because I was doing, uh, and I say this in inverted commas, uh, stunts. We had, there was a lot of pyrotechnics where we were. So we had to sit in our own um, little area, safe area in the uh, on the set. So I'm sitting there uh, and then a guy sit next to me and it's, and it's Leo Schreiber. So say, so, oh, I love the outfit and, and congratulations because he's, his his wife just had a, a son uh, not long after my, I had my second son. Uh, Fiona and I had our, our second son. And as we're talking away, we're talking about kids. And then a guy sits on the other side of me and it's Hugh Jackman. So I'm stuck between Hugh Jackman and Liev Schreiber and we're talking about our kids. We're there for about 15, 20 minutes as they're setting up all the party. Oh, you're between Wolverine and Sabretooth, for God's sake. So yeah. You're talking about yeah. your kids? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in a dangerous place between these yeah. two guys who are... <laughs> 
<laughs> Sniggity stick. <laughs> yeah. And um, as we were talking, I look up and I set photographer. I look in her camera and I'm like, oh, please God, please God, please God, mate. Did you take a photo of that? Please God. But she didn't, unfortunately. I'm like, uh, dang it. <laughs> at least you have, the, you have the moment, right? Yeah, I have the moment. I don't have that half a second of film of me getting blown up in the background. <laughs> Did you meet any celebrities in Nume at all or, or Lindemann, even if they're uh, uh, Australian or New Zealand celebrities? I mean, yeah, you can say loosely celebrities. I met Bardo when they came oh, yeah. up. That's right. Um, Pop and, star, right? Pop star Australia yeah. or something? Yeah. Like, Sophie. Uh, American Idol, I guess, kind of before. Yeah, American something Idol? like it was, it was like creating a manufactured band kind of thing. Yeah. So it was like. It's like what um, the monkeys were back in the 60s. It was just a manufactured group. So one of them, Sophie Monk, I think she went on to bigger things. She, yeah. um, I remember catching her in a, uh, she did me hang. So I was, I was a catcher at the time when she did her flying trapeze. So yeah, that's my claim to fame with her. So no no celebrities in Numea at all? I suppose there were, but they were mostly French. Okay. So um, I'm sure if, you though we did have the uh, bellamy brothers come and do a show what? and i guess they're are you serious they're sli- yeah they're, they're they're from the i so I, I remember i know who they don't they sing that song um we just let disagree the love, or something like all the any song of theirs that i know is let the love love flow yes 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 oh yeah. my god are you serious yeah so we guys and i were um actually afterwards we we're hanging out with them and having beers with them so good great great old guys i love that song so i'm, I'm sure my dad would have been stoked and and happy and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> you probably wish you were drinking with the jets but uh okay uh, like don't don't don't, <laughs> don't tease me that okay the jets are from newcastle australia everyone they're uh Scre- the screaming jets they're screaming called. jets casper's favorite band all right <laughs> all right i come to my last question now no pressure to answer this because i knew you okay or know you and knew you and lindemann so did you find that any one of your seasons you could even include bali that were magical in any way like was your first season magical or do you, or do you consider it Lindemann magical or Lindemann was just different for other reasons? Or was it your first time in Umea that was magical or do you not use that word at all? Can I, can I do the cop out and say they were all magical? Yeah, of course you can. Because for, yeah. di- for all different, all different reasons, like Bali, when I got there was magical because it was my first exposure to the world the international world with international guests and and all these different like going going to bali this was when in indonesia at the time is when you go from the kuta district to nusa dua district at the time it was like going through these big jurassic park like doors and you go from a lower class rundown area into this pristine lawns and literally on every block there was two guys with submachine guns. They were just, it was just pristine, secure. And, and that was my, like, whoa, that's, that's, that's kind of trippy. And then going to the club med and seeing the, the, the opulence, well, not opulence, but the, like the, the, everything's contained, everything's included. It's just a great, no worries, have fun shows at night. It was my exposure to the real world. And then going to New Mia and then having, the exposure to the French culture and then, and then having the opportunity to actually go out into the, um, the actual cities themselves and into Namir itself and, and learning some basic French and, and experience another country because in Bali it was just constantly working. And then you went to the rock to Lindham Island where there was no outside world unless you went for a day trip to um, Mackay or Airlie Beach or to Hamilton Island. It was everything was self-contained. It was its own little country kind of thing. And it was the people were fantastic. The the season was, I think, my favorite season. Uh, I did two seasons there. Um, but it was the team was amazing and 
actually leaving there was kind of heart-wrenching. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Especially because you guys instituted this whole jetty jump thing. So for those that don't know, when you when someone leaves, they leave by ferry. And if the person is well-liked, then other people get up on those tall pillars. <laughs> and it's usually low tide, right? <laughs> and you jump as a sign of respect, correct, for the person? Yep, absolutely. And my, my jetty, well, boy, when I left, yeah, I was choking back tears. <laughs> rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do remember when I was left, I left with uh, Jabusa's tail from his um yeah, you showed it to us um, as the ferry was pulling away, right? <laughs> it's, my, it's my trophy that I... That's right. <laughs> You're like a predator collecting trophies all over your seasons. Okay. Oh, yeah. Another cool thing about Lindemann is you can actually order food. You can order a pizza and it comes by plane. So that that's, I mean, that's just adds for me to the, the magical of the, like... You know, I'd see I'd see Joker up, you know, five o'clock with a wad of cash. Go, what are you doing? Oh, I'm waiting for the the plane with my pizza. Oh, okay, I didn't know uh, you could order order food and comes my plane. Uh, he goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it was, it was like ten bucks or fifteen yeah. bucks, and you could yeah, fly yeah. to to. Yeah, they would. Uh, where would they? Yeah, it would, uh, would they leave from Mackay mostly, right? For the or was it? Uh, uh, no, uh, Early Beach. Oh yeah, or, Early um, Beach. That's right. Oh, Hamilton Island. They were the two. And he used to drive the pilots crazy because they're flying, having a smell the the Kentucky Fried Chicken or the uh, the pizza. Yeah, yeah, they had to pay the ferryman though. You go, he's a slice. Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah, if ever I brought food from Early, I always brought something like a burger for the pilot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they they're like all right, they're, they're happy to do the the uh, the puddle jump just for us. They got yeah. the, the hamburger. No, it's wild. It's wild taking a plane to go somewhere else for a day, you know, watch a movie and then come back. <laughs> though, uh, though, unfortunately, um, not long after, I think it was like two or three years after we left, one of those, um, those yeah, I planes heard. I heard, crashed yeah. off the end of the runway. Yeah, well, that happens in the airline industry. I, well, I remember when I arrived, I, I had, you know, kind of like the hell, the hell trip. I think Club Med thought it would be funny to uh, send me the uh, opposite way around the world to get to <laughs> Australia. Like I went Montreal, New York, uh, New York, Paris, Paris, Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, Sydney, Sydney, Hamilton. By the time I got to Hamilton, I was didn't know where I was, what day it was, if I'd slept. And they said, okay, and we're just going to get on a little little plane ride to go from Hamilton to Lindemann. I, and I broke down. I said, no, 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 I'll take the ferry. I'm not getting another plane. I can't take it. I have no, no problem with flying. But when you've flown that that long for that many hours and not slept, you know, I just couldn't take it. And I, I, a couple of people had to like force me on because I, I, I was fine. They go, well, Greg, it takes like half an hour by boat. That's fine. That's fine. And it's but, literally a five minute flight. Yeah. Like, but I do remember landing, and a lot of you guys were there. Like, uh, Philippe, you know, the chief of sport was there to welcome me, and uh, he had packed the, uh, the the top runway there with a lot of people. So, yeah, I remember that. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember. So, that was, it was a cool welcome. So, uh, <laughs> but man, memories, memories, memories. You have any last words there, Casper? I don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, should, I don't know, uh, should anyone who's thinking about Club Med, try it one season? Well, I'll tell you, my son is 17, and when he turns 20, I will be nudging him towards uh, maybe take a gap year or two working for Club Med. Okay. That's, 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 that's my little life experience for him. It's, it's, it'll, it'll open up his eyes to a whole, whole new experience. I'm, I'm sure it's changed a lot since when I was there, but still it will be an amazing experience. It's, it's, it's the world. It's, it's 
the world in one little location. So it's people from like Bali, for example, it was filled with um, any country, every country from Asia, multiple countries from Europe, South America, North America. It's, it's, the world in one place. Well, definitely. Good advice. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Luke Casper Murphy. I'm going to stop the recording and have a, B, a VB with him. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye.